strangers who we haven't talked to in like a little while because we've not been good about keeping up. Hello. Hey. Um, welcome to Queer Halftime, the show that used to be weekly and now is when I can manage it. Or when Kelsey tells me at literally noon today that I'm recording with a guest. Um, so my name is Becca. I use she, they pronouns. I'm Rowan. I use he, him pronouns. Yes. Welcome, Rowan. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. What do you want people to know about you? Oh, gosh. Well... <laughs> I mean, there's two books worth here. Um, <laughs> I'm an author, first of all, um, and a uh, human rights advocate. I specialize in LGBTQ issues nice. and human rights issues. But if you boil that down even further, trans issues. And if you boil that down even further, I'm really specifically looking out for trans kids more than anybody. Love it. Near and dear to our hearts. Glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I always love starting off with like, what do you want people to know about you? Because it's such a like, People are like, oh God. <laughs> I mean, I give you the professional answer, yeah. the non-professional answer. Let's see. Um, I love butter tarts more than yeah. life. I have a dog named Blue and he's my favorite child out of my four human children. Um, or as I call them sometimes skin children. They don't like that because he's my fur baby. So I call them my skin babies. It's weird they don't like that. That's so strange. <laughs> god anyway yeah so blue's my favorite child he just turned eight last week and i gave him a special treat so good yeah good the fur babies need their birthdays they celebrated do. they have no idea what's going on but no. they get extra stuff and they're happy that's i do remember my mom used to call us by the dog's name sometimes yep you know the thing like you go to yell at a kid and it's the wrong sibling or whatever sometimes it would be the dog's name um because we all knew where we stood yeah there's some there's some therapy maybe in that but i mean <laughs> need of all the things we need to get therapy about <laughs> our parent loved the dog more is not the worst yeah okay that's fair that's fair <laughs> and you like your books are about your family right and about you and your journey and kind of everything you guys have been through right yeah I found out a really cool thing I found out that I'm actually called a memoirist Did you? yeah I know there's like an author I'm an author but specifically I write memoir and that makes me a memoirist and I say it all the time like I'm a fancy person it does it sounds right? very like highfalutin yeah like... I feel like I should have a monocle or something when I say it <laughs> oh yeah so yes Gene I'm a I'm a memoirist but I do I do <laughs> I write about my family so my first book's called love lives here a story of thriving in a transgender family and that is about we had a child one of our four kids came out as trans at the age of 11 and we affirmed them we loved them we supported them uh, we learned a lot and we unlearned a lot there was a lot of unlearning to do too yeah. right but a year and a half after that, my spouse came out as trans. She told me that she was, in fact, a woman. We'd been married for 18 years at the time. So, there, you know, we had to sort of move through that and see what that looked like. And it looked really good, actually. So basically, it's like a blueprint, I feel, of how society could and should treat trans people. Um, not necessarily that it has to look the exact same way as our family, but our community supported us, our friends, our family overall, we had tons of support and I love that. So that's what I wrote about. Um, we were living in Ottawa at the time. Okay. And, um, and then my new memoir is called One Sunny Afternoon. That's about me basically having a significant mental health crisis and uh, having to go to the hospital to get help that was after um, an online harassment campaign that was very successful Brutal. and uh, lasted about a week oh, until wow. I finally broke. 
Yeah. But then I was diagnosed with a trauma disorder, which I realized I'd had my whole life. I carried this trauma with me and I didn't know much about it. And I started to heal from the trauma with the right kind of therapy and tools. And then I figured out who I am today. Mm -hmm. Who is also a trans person? We sw- we swapped roles. I know, I know. The kids were like, as it turns out, we do have a mom and a dad. And then, like, so when I came out to my kids too, first I came out as non-binary, and that's what's in the book. And then, um, shortly before the book came out, I came out as a as a trans guy. I figured that out about myself, and I told the kids, and like, basically, the reaction was like, well, of course, it's our family. That was the yeah. first thing, and then. There was this long pause when I told one of them and they were like, so are you, are you going to start grilling now? Like, you're going to like, do you need like a kiss to cook apron? Like what's going to happen here? Um, And then like what my, my youngest um, who's still a teenager, he was like, he was like, well, I guess you got to take me fishing. I'm like, dude, I don't know how to fish. He's like, well, you're going to have to learn dad. (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. I love it. That's, I feel like dad humor that is affirming is just on such a funnier level. Oh yeah. If you knew, so for my birthday, everyone decided we're just going to have fun with Rowan. Like, so I got all of the like colorful fun socks you Mm -hmm. can imagine, because that's basically your entire attire. Yeah. 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 Um, Got a book on dad jokes. Good. You know, and um, because like I'm funny, but I'm not dad joke funny, like they're, bad they're joke, but yeah, thing. they're their own thing. Yeah. And I'm not skilled. Like that's something I have to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, and they got me like the tie and they got me like a bunch of, you know, yeah. but it was like, it was kind of cute and fun at the same time. Some mustache stickers, you know. So your kids kind of swapped what they call you to? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm dad now. Oh. <laughs> and my wife Zoe is mama. It's all, everyone just kind of flows. They're just like, well, you know what? You're still the same person and we love you. And are you happy? Yeah. And I say, yes, I'm happy. And they're like, that's all that matters. Do you ever get people who are like, how is so much of your family trans? Like what is in the water there? Like you're at 50% at this point. <laughs> it's true. 50% of our family is trans. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of ridiculous in some way, but great. And here's the way I look at it. Like we could argue, you know, Hey, maybe there's a genetic component or whatever, but I don't really think about that much. What I do think about is that when we are given the opportunity to explore who we are in a way that the average person does not get right. I had a front row seat to my child coming out and my partner coming out. And so when I was able, when I did that over time, it helped me peel back the layers to discover who I am. It was very natural, like gentle progression into he, him land, as I call it. (laughs) He, him land. land. Yeah. Yeah. And then the the running joke, um, you know, everybody knows my dead name because it's on my books. So I, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. (laughs) So my dead name is, is Amanda. And, um, and, and the running joke amongst my friends. Yeah. You know, I'm going to say it. It's like, oh, I guess the kids in school were right. It's a man. And I'm like, wow. It's like, it's like my mom was prolific. Like she like, she was like, uh, no, not prolific. That's the wrong word. She was a prophet. Prophetic. Yeah, prophetic. Thank yeah. you. It's been a long week. I've been on tour for a week. Um, <laughs> prolific. It's fine. I'm good. I'm an author, you know. Right. I mean, that's what a thesaurus is for, right? That's right. That's right. 
because I feel like we see it a lot you know like one sibling will come out and then like more or and like I feel like now we're seeing a little bit more with parents and kids you know the kid will come out and then the parents will start you know trying on different pronouns or questioning and things like we have a family we support that one of the parents and the kid came out with like a month or two of each other like I feel like it's getting more common yeah it's getting more common it's so nice like I think that's where people start screaming you know oh it's a social contagion it's not social contagion it's like left-handedness right but as soon as yeah. people could you know my, my mom was somebody who had to have her hand tied behind her back you know yep. so that she could learn to write with her right hand but she's still left-handed she's just ambidextrous now but she was always naturally left-handed but once they started just letting kids be left-handed there were far more of them yeah they were always there they just you know they weren't allowed to be before and that's all it is it's it's just we were always there we just weren't allowed to be yeah 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 no it's yeah I, that's prolific it's Thank all you. the trans people Pro- yes prolific. now we're using it in the right yeah, context there we go it wasn't the author who came up with that though let's just make that clear and <laughs> in so in your first book you talk about like when all this was happening, you were kind of looking for like a role model, like another family that was going through it that you could look up to. And then you didn't find one and you're like, fuck it, I'm going to be a role model. What was that like? Like my family's going to be the good example. <laughs> so you have to understand like my, tra- my trauma from my past is don't rock the boat mm. because every time I stood out in any way, it was, it was, it was obvious to my peers. I think when I was younger that I was queer um, they just thought I was a lesbian. So, you know, to the I, right? I didn't know everyone else. Did. Exactly. I was like, oh, the bullies were right. They were right. <laughs> but you know, at the time there was no really word for trans and they, so they used to just call me a lesbian, right, right. you know, and, and, um, and, and so I learned to hide really, really well. And I didn't want my kids to have the same experience as me. I didn't want them to feel as though they were singled out. So I hid all of my queerness and I just wanted to fly under the radar Mm -hmm. and keep myself safe and them safe. And then, you know, our child came out as trans and, and I said, you know, I I had a blog at the time and I said, no, I, I, you know, I'm going to shut the blog down because I don't want you to be outed. I don't want to out you. That seems like a bad idea. Right. (laughs) And it was our very wise, still the smartest person, I think, in our family. Um, they're now 20. Um, <laughs> like our our very wise 11-year-old was like, no, I, I really don't want you to do that because I went looking for, you know, in, it was 2014. Like I went looking for examples of kids being supported by their parents and I couldn't really find much. There, there really isn't anything out there. And I was so scared to tell you because the only thing I could find were, you know, like people saying, I thought my family would be cool about it and they weren't. And now I'm kicked out of the house or I'm not allowed to transition or whatever. So could you please just keep telling that story? So that was one reason. And the other reason was because when the night that they told us that they were trans, I left the room and I went to my room and I, I looked up stats for trans people in 2014. Oh, not good. Not good. Right. But a lot of what, my child was facing potentially were things that I would, I I had faced in my past. I had experienced not having a place to live. I had, you know, and being on the street and living in shelters, I had experienced substance use disorders, depression, suicidal ideation. I mean, all these different things, harassment, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I just felt like, 
when I looked at the list, I was like, this is all because of discrimination. Right. All of this is because trans people aren't, aren't understood in society. And it was just like a light bulb went on and probably, probably a little bit um, grandiose of me, but I was like, well, guess I'm going to have to change that. <laughs> and of course you don't do it alone, yeah. but there was like, there's like, it's like, it's like the, I guess, Papa bear, if you want now, right. Like the Papa yeah. bear came out of me and I was like, absolutely not. Like, we're not going to let our, you know, this sweet child, like just have a terrible life just because of who they are. So you got to do what you got to do. No, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And like kind of you reference trauma a little bit and you talk in your book about being shaped by it, but not defined by it. And I think that's a really important distinction. And do you want to kind of explain that? Yeah. So I have a complex trauma disorder that stems from childhood. Um, a lot more people are calling it complex PTSD these days, CPTSD. I was diagnosed by a psychiatrist after I went to the hospital. She couldn't technically call it CPTSD, even though she firmly believes that is the thing. It's just not in the diagnostic manual yet. But what that means is it's kind of like post-traumatic stress disorder, but it's from a recurring Uh, it's recurring abuse or recurring, whatever it might be, recurring something that happens over and over and over to usually in childhood. So that shaped my brain. It it, it rewired my brain or it wired my brain in a certain way. And that means I will probably always live with more anxiety. I'm on good anxiety meds. Um, It means that I will probably always be a bit more distrustful. um, And that I'm still going to have sore spots in life that open up old wounds. Right. But that's not my whole story. That's not everything I am. So there's so much more to that. Like I can still develop, um, you know, an awareness of what's going on. Like I can catch a trigger right away. Now, usually 99% of the time I know it's happening. I can catch it early and I can either stave it off or bring myself back down really, really fast. And I also look at all of the things that have happened in my life And they have made me who I am. And I've really learned to love myself. I've really learned to truly, genuinely love myself. There is something about falling in love with yourself that is very important. And I don't mean that in a creepy like way. I just mean it in like a, like a, like, like, like we are our most important relationship, all of us. And if I don't love me, I, I have a harder time accepting love from others. I have a harder time looking for things that are good for me and, and insisting that life is good for me. So I, I love myself. I have confidence. And if I love the person I am and I'm confident in who I am, well, then, you know, all of that helped me get here. So I can't really be too upset about it anymore. That's yeah. No, I really like that. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like I would, you know, I'm like, I'm glad these horrible things happened to me. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that I've been able to sort of excavate the lessons from those things and pull them into something better yeah 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 and just kind of grow and shape yourself yeah I said excavate I feel like that was probably pretty good right like I mean considering that I messed up on the prolific thing and the prophetic prolific versus I like prophetic. That you're calling attention to I, I'm gonna keep like, calling I'm good and I need everybody it's, to know I did this. it's gonna be 2 a.m I'm gonna be in my hotel room and I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna be like <gasps> I used the wrong word <laughs> <laughs> that good old like late night anxiety brain yeah like we're gonna do your greatest hits oh nothing nothing like that and just tap right into my imposter syndrome oh, that's that's great right? yeah oh yeah imposter syndrome's horrible isn't it it's just oh like a, oh. yeah. i think we, i think most of us have that it's it's such a beast it really is yeah 
yeah no it's brutal it's something we talk about here definitely a lot of like and like when does it cross from imposter syndrome to just like kind of gaslighting yourself sabotage? <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah there is a line <laughs> there is definitely a line i've crossed it a few times actually in my life yes you go back. <laughs> <laughs> and like so we um we have a chapter of Pink Flight Canada here. Like we support parents of primarily trans kids. And as someone who's kind of done both sides of it, right? Both as a trans person, as the parent, like what I guess advice would you give to parents who like in that moment, like, you know, they think their kid's gonna come out or their kid does come out, like what are some things to kind of keep in mind? Um, on my arm. I have a tattoo. I'll try and show it too for people who are watching the video. You can't really see it. It says lead with love, right? Nice. And that's because this is the the arm that I shake everybody's hand with, right? Okay. So it's like it's yeah, it's a reminder to myself to lead with love. But that is true for parenting too. Mm-hmm. So a couple of things. One is lead with love. That's really important. Yeah. Put love first. There will be potentially fear of the unknown or fear of the known, perhaps in some cases, depending on how much you know and what's going on in your area when it comes to trans issues. Um, there can be, um, you know, you might experience some sadness. You might experience some, you know, feeling of upheaval or instability as you try to figure this out. Maybe some feelings of guilt because like, how did I not know? Or something like that. That can happen too. But don't make those your kid's problem. That's why we have organizations like PFLAG. That's why we have organizations and, 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 and good therapists and good friends and people that we can talk to about those feelings so that that is not where we go with our child when our child is possibly at their most vulnerable, yeah. telling us something really scary. Um, you know, I came out to my family with two trans people in it and I was scared. I was it's scared. scary, no, it's matter scary no matter what, right? Yeah. Um, another thing is to remember that it might be new information for you, but they've probably known this for a while, right? Yeah. They have, they have been working through this and figuring out like, is this, is this real? Do I really feel this way? How do I tell people once I, once I'm sure, you know? And so just remember that they're coming out. this with a lot more knowledge of self. And finally, I would say our job as parents is really important. It's important we get this right. Our job as parents is not to raise kids with our own expectations on them and to and mold them into who we think they should be. Right. We don't get that, um, you know, like, like th- this is a child who has come to us in whatever way. They are a fully formed human being. And our job is to love them and help them become the best version of that beautiful human being. So it may not be what you expected your child or who you expected your child to be, but a child being trans or queer or pan or whatever's going on, right? Like that, that's in some ways, it's no different than, you know, you have this idea that your child was always going to play hockey and your child has no interest in sports, right? Like they're just not a sporty kid. You're not going to make a kid who isn't sporty into a sporty kid. That doesn't happen. Right. And so we have to let go of our ideas of parenthood and just let our children be who they are. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And like another thing is just like advocating for your child. Right. Like, especially when it comes to healthcare and mental health and like, I'm not sure 
when you were in the hospital if you were have identified as non-binary yet or no not yet but I have been in situations with my child and with my partner Mm -hmm. where they have been out and um we've been in you know an emergency department or you know I've had to advocate at the school or whatever it might be my 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 uh you know, my partner had to navigate through work, coming out at work, right? And what that looked like as the first trans person in this fairly large company to ever come out. Yeah. Um, and it is important that we speak up for our kids. Right. And and that, you know, we let them know that we're always there for them. Because if we, if you know, if we're not there for them, life is so much harder. And we know that the stats show that. Absolutely. Consistently. Yeah. And like, when you're talking to, you know, a doctor or a therapist or someone who is kind of potentially the gatekeeper to care, um, do you have advice for kind of navigating that if they're not being affirming? If it's like, I have to work within this system, but I'm facing this issue. Sometimes it can be really good to bring in another advocate. Right. So it's good to have a conversation with the medical professionals yourself. If you can mm-hmm. arm yourself with information, the only, we, we've always had really gender affirming, um, doctors and nurses and so we've been very fortunate in that regard but we did have an issue at school when my child first came out at school uh one of the you know staff that was in charge i don't want to say exactly what their job was (laughs) i'm gonna leave that out um was not affirming and really like i left i left the office in tears like it was pretty bad i went into my i went to my car and i cried right um and I composed myself, got a pep talk from my mom, and then I studied sort of the human rights code in Ontario, where we're from, and I brought it, highlighted to school, printed Incredible. up to a meeting, and I said, this is what you need to do for my child, whether or not you're, you have policies in place, whether or not these are your guidelines, yet, because they hadn't written yeah. guidelines yet, this is what you need to do, so we're going to do it. And I also put in a call when there was a bit of pushback, I put in a call, I elevated that to, I escalated, escalated, phew, caught myself, escalated that to the next level. And I had sort of the safe schools program, give the school a call and sort of say, this is what needs to happen. Yeah. So that I think is what we have to do. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. It can be, especially for someone who doesn't want to rock the boat, like me, who now rocks the boat all the time, 10 years of rocking the boat right here. (laughs) I said once that like, I used to not want to rock the boat, but I think I've tipped it over and I started using it as a battering ram. Like, I think like that's basically my life now. And like, that's yeah, but it's, it's okay. But we have to do that. That's, that's a, that's a responsibility. Yeah. And for people who are listening, who are like, care providers or teachers um you say you've had like a really affirming experience what made it affirming uh what made it affirming was immediately asking what name and pronouns our child would want to be referred to by um and honoring that all the way through having private conversations about it so that we only had to fill out the form once or tell one person and then everybody knew receiving the proper training at the uh hospital level was very important um and so one thing that happened was very early on in transition our, our child got pneumonia and we had to go to the hospital into the emergency room and I was very nervous because, you know, their health card hadn't been updated. The, um, their, uh, their name hadn't been changed. I mean, nothing had been done. And so what I did is I approached the triage nurse and I said, 
this is, you know, my child is trans. I asked my child first, right? So my child is trans. This, these are the names and pronoun, name and pronouns we'd like them to use. And the reason I felt I could do that at the time was because they had safe space stickers that showed they had been trained. The entire staff had been trained and they all did a fantastic job. So if you're going to have those stickers up at work, make sure you have the training and that it's up to date. Yeah. You have to really put it in practice. That's, yeah. We we're big fans of saying, put your money where your flag is. Oh, that's a good that's, one. It's true. Our in June. Yep. It's, it's so <laughs> true. So true. That's a great one. And for folks listening who are kind of considering coming out or who are questioning who they are or kind of, kind of getting comfortable with who they are in their body, what advice would you have for them? another loaded question. I no, I know. Well, I mean, I'm somebody who took a long time and my child kind of knew as soon as puberty hit. Right. right? So that's I think, pretty- so I think that's, that can be very, they can, they're both different experiences are both valid. Yeah. Um, I took a while to figure myself out. I, I first thought for sure I was cis and I leaned really hard into that over time as I started to heal from my own trauma wounds. I knew I wasn't cis. And so I moved sort of into this non-binary space and I explored that for a couple of years. I was pretty comfortable there for, for a good while with they, them pronouns and keeping my old name. And then over time that shifted as well. And I realized, no, okay. As it turns out, I'm a guy. Right. And so I, and, and that was actually harder for me. It was, it was because there was a I didn't see it coming right away, but then once I figured it out, it was so obvious. Um, Be gentle with yourself. Be very gentle with yourself. Know that it can take a while to figure it out. Know that it's okay to try something on. And if it doesn't work for you, it's not a failure. It's not that it's not that you're, you're, you know, you're weird. It's not, it's just, you're trying something like new pronouns or a name or an identity. And if it's not working for you, that's all right. And maybe, maybe it's not the time. Maybe it's something out. Maybe you need to, you know, uh, maybe, maybe your identity is different than that. Maybe, but it's all a journey and it's totally okay. Just enjoy it. I saw this really great piece of stand-up this trans woman was talking about it's always awkward going from non-binary to identifying as like sort of a binary gender because you spend all this time being like gender is a construct it doesn't apply (laughs) you know they them like it doesn't matter actually (laughs) I know I was so mad about it I was mad about it for a couple of reasons um number one I'm very, I'm, I'm very much a feminist and I have so much respect for women. And I, I grew up in, you know, communities where, you know, in like, um, birthing communities and breastfeeding communities. And like, I just, I just think I hold women in such high regard. And then I was like, okay, okay, okay. I'm not a woman. All right. That's okay. That's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm non-binary. Non-binary people are really cool too. (laughs) Non-binary people are really cool too. But my first thoughts, I thought I was, when I realized I was a guy, I was like, oh, but boys have cooties. Oh no. It's that like, am I the problem? Am I the I know, I know. It's like, yeah, I know. I I, I was doing a, another podcast and um had a couple of, of cis guys. They were so great. And I was telling them that story about like figuring out I was a guy. I was like, I was so mad about it. And they're like, well, yeah, I mean, sorry, now you're part of the largest oppressor class in history. I'd like to apologize. And it's like <laughs> privilege that comes with it no I think that's the biggest piss off no it's the worst <laughs> like I'm a man but I don't get to have the like 
I know yeah. I didn't, I didn't go, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, I, I make a lot of jokes sometimes with my, my, um, my partners, I'm polyamorous. And now, and I, I have, uh, I have three partners and, um, we all live together and they're all, they're all trans women, all three of them. And I, you know, one of them will have a great idea. I'll be like, hold on, let me repeat that. And then pretend he didn't say it. Right. <laughs> you got to practice, right? It's like, you got to learn how to fish. You got to yes. practice for mansplaining. <laughs> you got to figure out where oil goes in a car. Oh yeah, that too. I have to think yeah. about the Roman empire too, apparently, oh. according to TikTok. I have to... <laughs> and then, you know what? They actually asked me that. And I was like, I think about the Roman empire almost every day. And they're like, aha. So <laughs> that's how you know. That's how I knew I was. Right. Yeah, it's right. like, you like Google. <laughs> it's like when you're a kid and you're Googling, like, am I gay? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Some, you know, am I a trans man? Do you yeah. Think about the Roman empire. Yeah. Like, Pretty much daily, yeah. pretty much daily. I think about it just in passing. You have an urge to oppress people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Kidding, we, love trans men. we love trans men. We do. We do. We even like some cis men. We do. We do. There are some good <laughs> cis men out there. I know I joke around. I mean, you have cooties for sure. I have oh, cooties, but like, but yeah, but you're pretty cool. You just get, as soon as you put on the blazer, it was cooties. Cooties everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but like move over. That's right. You got to roll out. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So, okay. Taking it from the other side and the, like, what do you say to people who are like, I've already come out as like eight different things. How do I come out as this ninth thing or the sending suite? That's a common thing we have with our youth is they'll be like, I don't want to come out to my parents because I've already come out as everything else. Cause I they just know. find so much comfort in labels. Right. So they'll, you know, yeah. 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 I think it's okay to try on different labels. Good for you. Good for you for trying some stuff on. Um, so your parents, I mean, if you've already come out five or six times, you're probably pretty used to it, first of all. They're like, oh, it must be Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so it's probably not going to be a huge shock to them. No. Um, but but I mean, look, it's kind of like when somebody goes to school and they get a degree, they train in something, and then they end up doing eight different jobs in their lifetime. Absolutely nobody is the same person that they were when they were five or 15 or 25. Like I'm 47 years old. And I am a completely different person than I was 20 years ago. It's, it is okay for us to grow and change and figure ourselves out over time. It's really all right. Take, don't stress about it. You're, you're, you're perfect. Just, just the way you are. And if just the way you are, is that you are still figuring yourself out. That's okay. Yeah. And what do you say to the people, you know, your kid came out at 11. What do you say to the people who are like, they're too young. Yeah. Well, I say a lot to them. Right. Um, (laughs) I'm like, I could show you research or I can tell you. I know. I, well, pretty much. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I don't flat out tell people to fuck off, but I do throw research papers in their face. Not, not literally, not really. I mean, it could be satisfying. Some of them are pretty heavy. I mean, it's true. (laughs) It's true. Um, I know that my kid is who they were meant to be. So first of all, for the record, my kid came out as a trans girl first. They were assigned male at birth. They came out as a trans girl in 2011. And why did they come out as a trans girl in 2011? Because they knew they weren't a boy, but it was, sorry, 2014, but it was 2014. And we weren't really talking about non-binary identities, right? It wasn't, it wasn't something that was very sort of publicly accessible. So they, they just knew they weren't a boy, very strongly knew that. So if they weren't a boy, they must be a girl, right? Over time, they figured out that they were non-binary. And so they went from she, her pronouns to he, or to they, them pronouns. And they use a different name now. And that's totally okay. Like, we're like, all right. Like, I'm glad you're figuring yourself out. But 
Um, that, you know, I remember when we announced that publicly because I, my family is, we are targeted a lot for hate. Right. My family gets a lot, especially me. I get the bulk of it, yeah. but I get, I get, I get hate every single day of my life. And, um, and so I like to control the narrative on these things. So we will, you know, so it's like, we tell our story and then our right. story is out there as opposed to somebody finding something out and then doing something awful with it and spinning the truth. Right. So I, I announced when my child felt that that was a good idea. Um, and it, it was a little while after that my child was non-binary and then, you know, talked about how people shift and change. And we got, you know, we did get a lot of that sort of feedback from people who are, you know, have entire accounts dedicated to transphobia, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but I think it is perfectly healthy and right for somebody to figure themselves out over time. Like I said, I think about 10 times on this podcast, like it's, it's, it's okay. And I, I don't, you know, my child is extremely happy and that's how I know that this was the right move. Like our child's now 20. They're a college grad. Um, they are very much in love in a very wonderful, loving, healthy relationship. Um, they have their whole life ahead of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, in large part, because they were just given this perfectly normal upbringing where they just happen to be trans as opposed to us trying to shove them back into the closet. And did you know, going into like writing your first book and now with your second one, that that hate and the online hate was a possibility? Is that something you kind of considered or were you kind of blindsided by it or? No, I knew. I knew. By the time I wrote the first book, um, you know, it had been about, I came out in 2019. I started writing in 2017. So it'd been about three years or so since okay. our child came out. And we were, I was writing a blog at the time and right. we were doing media. And so yes, absolutely knew that was a possibility, but you don't change, you know, things by staying comfortable. Right. You don't. And I have a lot of privilege in my life. I'm very privileged, especially in the amount of support and love that I have in my life. And so I felt, and my family felt, because this was a universal decision, that that we were positioned to be one of the voices in this community and take some of that, unfortunately, hate. We shouldn't have to, but we yeah. do. And, and, you know, we're, I don't want to say I'm getting used to it because you never get used to it, right. but I've been able to reframe a lot of it. Reframe it. Interesting. Yeah. It's kind of like, so the way, the way I describe it is, um, if you're at a restaurant and you're, you ordered uh, a salad and the server comes and hands you a plate of spaghetti, well, that's not what you ordered. That's not yours. That's somebody else's, right? right? So, okay. The joke is that, you know, all the people pleasers I know are like, I just eat the spaghetti. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I used to, I, I would have done that too. But the thing is like, you, you, you just go, oh, Hey, uh, uh, nope, sorry. That's not mine. Right. That's, yeah. that's for somebody else. I, I look at hate comments that way. Right. That is somebody else's like, I, I wrote a book, I know two books now and like largely they've been very well received. Not everybody likes them. Right. I can put one thing out into the world, mm -hmm. um, present one thing and everyone is going to critique it based on their own views, their own opinions, their own life experiences, their own pain, right. everything, right. Their own memories, everything. And so I have no control over that. So if somebody wants to look at my life and decide that it is terrible and say all kinds of awful things, now I just look at it and go, 
that's not mine. That's yours. Right. I'm going to give that back to you. Right. I don't actually give it back to them, like, but I just, I just, it's just, it's like kind of water off a duck's back in some ways, because I'm just like, that is, that's your stuff that you're pushing on to me. I don't have to take that on. That's a choice and I'm not doing it. Right. And is that kind of the main way that you've learned to cope with the hate? It's the only way I've been able to learn right. because that hate almost killed me. Right. And so because of that, I have decided that I'm, you know, that, that, if I was going to continue to do this work, I had to figure out a healthier way to look at things. Right. I've done a lot of therapy um, and a lot of personal work to get here. I'm not 100% successful, mm -hmm. but I'm 99.9% successful now. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good average. <laughs> not bad, not bad. <laughs> and for people who kind of are on that receiving end of online hate right now, what would you tell them? I would say it's... I know it's easy for me to say it's not about you and I probably make it sound really easy, but I know that if we're in a vulnerable space, it can make it so much harder. Right. It's, it's, you know, um, if you can do what I didn't do back then, log off, log off for a while and go talk to somebody you love and stay safe. Right. Don't let that stuff fester inside of you. Don't try to control it because it's often just a snowball effect and there's nothing you can do at that point except let it run its course. Right. Um, you are not the terrible things people say about you. You're not. You're not those terrible things. People look at a handful of words or a picture or whatever and they decide that they've got you entirely figured out. And this happens to me all the time. They look at me and they're like, you are this and this and this based on these, you know, 200 words I've read about you right. and that's not the case I'm so much more than that and so are you so no don't don't take it on yeah and just kind of being mindful of time is there anything that you really wanted to talk about today or anything that I didn't ask that you were hoping I would no I just I I think I just want to remind people because I know that we're doing this podcast in large part for our community yeah. and I know our community is really struggling right now. I know that there's a lot politically out there that's scary. There's a lot personally out there that's scary. I want you to know that if you are younger and you're feeling really frightened right now, or if you're a parent and you're feeling frightened for your child right now, whatever it may be, I get up every day and my first thought pretty much every day after coffee is um, how can I push back? against that. Right. And I am one person out of many people doing that work. A lot of us, so many of us around the world are working really hard to engage our allies, to talk to our politicians, to educate. You are not alone. And if you feel alone and you feel in crisis, please get the help because I am so grateful to be here today. I am alive three years later. I've got another best-selling book, I've won two or three more awards now. I I have all the love of in my life more than I ever had. And I have all the confidence and care for myself that I never had before. I'm so glad I'm here. So I want you to be here too, because you've got a whole life ahead of you too. Amazing. And we, um, just because sometimes episodes get heavy, we always end on queer joy. 
Um, so if there is an interaction you had this week or something that happens, something you went to, something you're looking forward to, what is your, what is Rowan's queer joy? Okay. My queer joy right now actually has to do with my new book, One Sunny Afternoon. Love it. It was published under my old name. I came out after this book was sitting in warehouses with my name printed on it. Right. And so everybody's like, Oh, what do we do? What do we do? But also they, the, the, my publisher really wanted to make sure that they honored who I am and supported who I am. Didn't want me to have to hide that. So thank you. What people have been doing, we will eventually reprint the book after enough copies are sold. They're going to reprint it with my proper name, which is amazing. Um, but, uh, but for now, everybody online and when I see them in person is putting stickers over my old name either stickers to say Rowan or they're putting just like fun little like like a trans sticker or anything a dog like whatever they want and and I have I have probably a hundred pictures on my phone saved right now of people a lot of them just like cis straight allies who are just putting something over that name because they want to honor me I never asked them to do it ever Everyone just decided to do it. It's become like a movement and it's so beautiful and it brings me joy every time. That's, you should see the one on Paige's desk. It also has stickers. I love it. See, <laughs> I'm telling you, everyone's just been doing it. It's right. the best. It's, um, my career joy is, I, my mom, my whole life has been obsessed with Agatha Christie and specifically Hercule Poirot. Um, and I have finally started reading those books and now I'm like texting her about it. Aww. Like it's like a bonding thing. It's been very nice. I love that. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I love when we, we can share those moments with our parents. It's great. Yeah. So now she's super stoked that I've been reading them and has been like asking me about them. <laughs> so that's my great It's awesome. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining me and wanting to do this. It was a really great conversation. This was so, it was so fun. It was right? so fun. I love that. I could talk to you for another hour easily. Right? Yeah. Or should we both have events to do? We do. We do. We're a little busy. You do get to keep talking about your books with a different person now. It's true. <laughs> it's true. But thank you. Um, and for everybody, be kind to yourself and others. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.